for that. Well, it's a joy to be here in this great church. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting us to come and share these days with you and these people. And, and we're just looking forward to what God's going to do. Amen. Be here. We'll be here every night. And you be here and encourage others to come. And let's trust the Lord for victories in our midst. Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Nehemiah. I want to speak to you on the subject how we should listen to the Bible. A pastor asked a little girl if she went to Sunday school, and she said she did. He asked her if she knew her Bible. She said, oh, yes, sir. He said, well, then could you tell me something that's in your Bible? She said, sir, I can tell you everything that's in my Bible. He said, you can. Go ahead. She said, well, my sister's boyfriend's pictures are in my Bible. She said, a lock of hair cut off from me when I was a baby is in my Bible. And she went on to name things like that that were in between the pages of her Bible. I don't think that's what the pastor was talking about when he asked her if she knew what was in her Bible. He wanted to know, do you know what's written down on the pages in your Bible? Do you know what's written down on the pages of, of your Bible? Well, here in Nehemiah chapter 8, the people of God had come together for a very special day. It was a unique day in a lot of ways, but one of the things they did that day was to listen to the Bible. I hope that's why you're here today. You see, we really could call this week Spiritual Reflection Week. As we listen to the Bible, it gives us a time to reflect, a time to ponder, a time to listen and pay attention. And that's what we're going to do today, I hope. In fact, if you're here, H-E-R-E, to hear, H-E-A-R, what God has to say to you, you're going to get a whole lot more out of this service. Well, we're talking about how we should listen to the Bible. First of all, we should listen with readiness. Now, verses 1 and 2 just sort of tell you what's going on here. Verse 3 then says, And he read therein before the, before the street that was before the water gate. And from the morning until midday, before the men and the women, and those that could understand, then notice this, And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Notice how the people present that day were all ears. They were there with readiness to pay attention to what they were going to be hearing. Back in 1992 in Los Angeles, a policeman was putting tickets on cars that were still on the street. It was street sweeping day and all cars were to be gone. But he walked up to a particular car. The policeman was in a hurry. He did not start up a conversation with a man sitting behind the wheel. In fact, the window was even down and the man did not offer an excuse for not having moved his car. But the officer, as I said in a hurry, just decided to reach in and place the ticket on the dash and then went his way. There was, a, there was a reason why the man did not speak to the officer. He had been shot 10 or 12 hours earlier and was dead. The officer, not paying attention, did not realize the situation. Well, that's bad, but I'll tell you something worse than that. And that is to be in a setting like this and not pay attention to what God is trying to say to you. Because eternal matters rest 
on what we hear and then what we do about it. Maybe God is trying to tell some of you that you need to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Just knowing about Him is not enough. If you've done that, maybe He's trying to tell you you need believer's baptism. Maybe He's trying to tell you you need a church home. Pay attention. Listen with readiness. Oh, too, too many people are in such a hurry to go here and to go there. They don't slow down long enough to listen to what God is trying to say to them. In fact, one fellow said the United States of America is the only nation in the whole world that has a mountain named Rushmore. By the way, we're always rushing around. We deserve a mountain like that, don't we? Some of you show your lack of readiness to hear from God by your sporadic church attendance. You know, I've discovered when people come hit or miss, they usually miss more than they hit. <laughs> Be back this week. And bring your Bible with you. You may have to dust it off, but get it out and bring it. Somebody speculated if all the neglected Bibles were to be dusted simultaneously, we would have a dust storm that would send the, the United States into a record eclipse. I mean, it was just, we couldn't even see the sun. Listen, dirty lives are caused by dusty Bibles. So get your Bible out. Well, let's move on. There's a second way we're to listen to the Bible, not only with readiness, ready to pay attention, we're to listen with respect. Verses 4 and 5, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, so like we have this area of wood up here, and that, that they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood, and then we see a list of names of men who stood there with him that day to help him read God's Word. I know some of you wished I'd read those, those names, but I'll let you read them later. Look at verse 5. And Ezra opened the book, that's the word of God, in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people up there on that pulpit. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Now notice when Ezra opened the scriptures, the people stood up. In that culture, that was a sign of respect for the Bible. Now how do we show respect for God's word today? Well, the first way you can show respect for the Bible is by believing that it is the Word of God. I heard about a theologically liberal minister. That ought to be an oxymoron, shouldn't it, Pastor? Anyway, he was visiting in the home of one of his older members, and he noticed the Bible laying on the table in front of the couch. He noticed her Bible had pages torn out and others' pages cut up, and he asked her what had happened to her Bible. She said, oh, I just tear all that all of that which you say we cannot believe anymore. Well, that's sad, isn't it, that a so-called minister would cast doubt on the Bible. I thank God your pastor's not like that. Another way we show respect for the Bible is by not changing it to suit our opinion. Boy, that's prevalent today, isn't it? By the time some people get through reading the Bible, they're making it say the opposite of what God intended for it to say. You've got to be careful of that because a lot of that's going on. Reminds me of the Larry King, the talk show host. He said when he was a kid, he loved to play stickball with his buddies. But he said finding a vacant lot on which to play stickball often proved to be a challenge. But he said occasionally they would read some posted keep out type sign they would read it in a way that they could change the meaning of the sign so they could go on in and play their game. You say, what do you mean? Well, for example, if they saw a sign that said private, no stickball playing allowed, 
Instead of reading it that way, private, no stickball playing allowed, they would have read it this way. Private, no stickball playing allowed. <laughs> and they would go right on in. Again, that's the way some people read the Bible or listen to the Bible. They make it say the reverse of what God intended for it to say. That is not respecting the Bible. The Bible is to be respected, not revised. Another way to respect the Bible is by doing what it says. And that leads me on, verse 6, to point number 3. We're to listen with reception. We're to listen with reception. We're to receive it. We're to take it to heart. Look at verse 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. He is a great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And notice how the people that day received God's message to them. They said, Amen. That simply means, so be it. They lifted their hands, a sign of reception. They bowed their heads, again, a sign of reception and submission. They worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground, a sign of humility. Are you here today to receive what God is trying to say to you? It's, not, it's one thing to hear it and even to respect it, but it's another thing to take it to heart and to internalize it. You say, what do you mean? God has for some of you His gift of salvation and eternal life, but you've got to receive it for yourself. Just because others have received it for themselves doesn't affect you. You've got to take it in. Some of you, the God has for you today the gift of believer's baptism. You've got to come forward and receive that appointment by meeting the pastor, hearing the invitation and saying, Pastor, I need that. Let's set an appointment. Some of you today, maybe the Lord wants you to receive this church to be your new church home. You've been saved and baptized somewhere else, but you attend here now and you've never gotten on the team to join the church. You need to do that today. Listen, if you reject the Bible, you have nothing to live by and nothing to die by. An American GI during World War II was, was on, the of Fiji, on the island of Fiji and one of the natives was talking to him and showing the soldier his Bible. The soldier sort of blew the guy off and said, oh, we don't believe that book anymore. Well, he was only speaking for himself. I don't think most GIs felt that way back then. But you know what that native of Fiji said to that American GI? He said, sir, if it had not been for this Bible, you would have been a meal by now. <laughs> Some of you know that was one of the islands where they had cannibals years ago. Cannibals were those who would eat people. We're to listen to the Bible with reception. Again, not just hearing it, not just even thinking about it or memorizing it. We're to take it to heart. When you go to a restaurant and they give you a menu, you don't just sit there and read the menu for 30 minutes to an hour. You order the food the menu talks about and you eat it. You see, we're not just to read the words of the Bible or hear the words being preached. We're to eat them. In other words, we're to internalize them. We're to receive what God is trying to say to us. By the way, a year from now, you're not going to remember a thing I preached to you, but you say, why do I need to come? Well, here's why. Because what I'm going to preach to you this week, is, when you hear it, it's still going to be inside of you, even though you cannot bring it up to your conscious memory. And because you've allowed it to come in, it's going to affect you for the better. And if there's a time where you need it to be brought to your conscious memory for some reason, because you have internalized it, it's there for God to resurrect and bring to your conscious memory. 
You see, not one of you remember what you ate physically a year from go, a year ago. But did that food do you any good that you ate a year ago? Of course, some of you did you a lot of good. Hey, if food does us good, even though we don't remember menus, God's food does us a whole lot of good, even though we don't remember sermon outlines. Amen. Well, let's move on. There's a fourth thing. We're talking about how we should listen to the Bible. Are you still with me? Hey, I drove from Memphis this morning. I'm wide awake. Wake up. <laughs> we're to listen with readiness. We're to listen with respect. We're to listen with reception. Number four, we're to listen with recognition. Verses seven and eight. Also, Jeshua and Bonnie and all these other guys, and you can read them later. Skip down to verse, the latter part of verse seven. And the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. They continued to stand. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the meaning. Now notice Ezra and the men helping him proclaim God's word that day did it in such a way that the people could understand it. They put it out plainly so the people would know what God was trying to say to them. And from the tone of this passage, we gather the people wanted to understand it. They wanted to listen with recognition. They wanted to recognize what God had for them through His Word. Her mother asked her daughter, did any of your friends admire your engagement ring? The daughter said, two of them did more than that. They recognized it. <laughs> that sounds like modern America, doesn't it? Do you recognize the truth of God's Word when you hear it? You say, what do you mean? Well, it's true that all of us need a Savior because we're all sinners. I mean, that's just a fact. Do you recognize that means you? It's true that all Christians need believers' baptism. All Christians need a church home, a team they can be a part of. Do you recognize that that's true for you? You notice I'm calling joining the church, joining a team. This is a team of Christians. And just like team play and teamwork and team commitment is important in sports, it is important in Christianity. And if coaches make no apology for asking people to join a team to play sports, then I make no apology of asking Christians to join God's team if they're truly Christians. That's right. But you see, these things are true. I get amused, and I know you do, you do, do Pastor, at these people today that say, that say everybody has their own truth? Well, they don't say that when they go to the doctor's office. They don't say that when they go to the, the bank. Hey, you try that tomorrow at your bank and tell that banker, well, I've got my truth about my account and you've got your truth. Guess who's going to win? Listen, if truth is important at the bank, and it is, if truth is important at the doctor's office, and it is, it is important in church. By the way, parents and grandparents, let me give you a warning. You need to teach your kids and your grandkids just because there's a building out there that has a sign out front that says church, these days does not necessarily mean that is a church. Just because you call yourself something doesn't mean you are. And any group of people gathered together does not, that does not hold fast to the Bible, they're not a church. And they need to quit calling themselves that because they've done what Ravi Zacharias talks about. They have hijacked our Bible words and given new meanings to them. And they don't have any right to do that. If people are going to make up their own religion, they need to make up their own words and not hijack ours out of our Bible. 
Amen. Amen. That's right. I, I tell you, America's gone crazy. Have you noticed that? Where Pastor and I were talking, we got people growing up today don't even know they're a man or a woman. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, listen, you're going to look like a woman and I'm going to look like a man and there, people are going to be able to tell the difference and there's going to be no question. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's pitiful. And again, it's pitiful how people approach the scriptures as though it's just anything they want it to mean or say. That's not how we're to approach the Bible. We're to recognize its truth. Well, number five, we're to listen with reaction. We're to listen with reaction. Verse 9. And Nehemiah, who is the governor, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites, taught the people and said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law, the word of God. Now notice how the people reacted that day when they heard the, the word. They wept, they cried. In fact, they had to be stopped. This was to be a day of celebration. But they were broken over their sins and weeping was a natural result. The scriptures do break hard hearts as well as men broken hearts. How do you react when you hear the Bible or read it yourself? How do you react to it? Does hearing the Bible make you want to give your life to Christ? If you haven't done that yet, it should. If you're a Christian, does hearing the Word of God make you want to get baptized or join the church? If you haven't done those things yet, it should. Does hearing the Bible ever make you want to renew your devotion to the Lord as a Christian? It should. Does hearing it ever make you want to come to the altar and pray for somebody else? It should. I believe in altar prayer, Pastor. In fact, this week, listen to me carefully. This week, I know some of you do. I'm going to ask you when the invitation is, starts, some of you who believe in prayer, you know you're saved, you're belong, you belong to this church, you, you believe in intercessory prayer for others. I want a few of you just to come each service at the beginning of the singing of the invitation and just kneel and pray or sit on a few if you can't kneel and just pray for the invitation while it is going on. Pray for people here. Pray for people not here. In fact, last Sunday I was in a church in Mississippi and the people were a little hesitant to come forward and pray. And I, I finally said, folks, we need some prayer power in this altar. And, and two ladies came and prayed and a man then stepped out and got saved. And he came back every service to the revival. And the same thing happened Wednesday night. Grown men coming to Christ. I believe God heard their prayers and answered them. My church I grew up in in Memphis back in years ago in, in, in our heyday, we'd have 50 to 100 people in the altar every night praying, every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And, and it's no wonder we baptized two or 300 people a year. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. You know, we're, we're, a, we're, we're a church pastor at one time that had to have, on special occasions, two Sunday night services. I remember one, we had 2,300 people show up, a service at 6 and a service at 9, and together it was 2,300 people. I miss those days. People couldn't wait to get back to the house of God, you know, to be together, to fellowship one with another, as well as hear the music and the Word. I miss those days. I hope we'll see those days this week where you get up this afternoon from your nap and you say, man, I can't wait to go back down there. I don't want you to go home and say, oh man, I've got to go back and listen to that skinny preacher yell at me tonight. Don't, don't, don't say that. Say, Lord, thank you that I get to go back and be with my friends. Amen. Well, in a Peanuts comic, comic strip, talking about listening with reaction, a Peanuts 
comic strip, Charlie Brown's sister Sally is lost in her thoughts trying to remember the upcoming Sunday school memory verse. Finally, she says to those standing around, I think it is a verse that is found somewhere in the book of Reevaluation. She cannot even remember the book of Revelation. Well, that's what I said earlier in my message. This is a week to reevaluate our lives, where we stand with God, where we stand with this church. And as we reevaluate and ponder it, then react. And that's why we have the invitation. You say, well, I don't want to come forward. It's hard for me to walk down the aisle and make a decision to be saved or join a church or get baptized or renew my devotion to the Lord or come pray. You listen to me, and I'm not trying to be funny. You listen to me. Everybody listen to me. If you were in Los Angeles in the morning and you were in the audience of The Price is Right and your name was called, do you think you'd sit there? Hmm? Of course you wouldn't. You'd do like the rest of them. You'd run down that aisle to the front. Why? There's something up there you want and a chance to get more. Pastor, I've come to the conclusion that people can get excited about running down the aisle when the price is right in front of millions of people watching on television. I make no apology to ask people to come down an aisle to get something from God in the presence of a few. Don't you misunderstand me. I am not saying that coming down here makes you a Christian. It does not. Only Jesus can make you a Christian. You've got to trust Him and give your life to Him and ask Him to come in your life and take over. Only He can make you a Christian. But I'm just telling you, there's just something special about the altar. This is a place to do business with God. This is the place where the pastor will be to pray with you. You need that. This is the place to bring others to come and pray about a matter. This is the place to receive something from God, whether it's salvation or an appointment for baptism or a new church home. This is a special holy place. And so if God speaks to your heart, and I know He will to some of you, I want you to come and do it for His glory. Well, then number six and last, we're to listen to the Bible with rejoicing. Look at verses 10 and following. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. They sort of had a dinner on the grounds that day and took some to those who couldn't come, who were homebound or whatever. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled or quieted all the people saying, hold your peace, for the day is holy, neither be grieved. So all the people went there waiting to drink their sweet drinks and so forth and to send portions to carry that to those who couldn't come and to make great mirth because he had understood the words which were declared unto them. Now notice this was to be a day of rejoicing in the goodness of God. Sorrow for sin was to lead to and prepare for joy in the Lord. And this was a day to enjoy God's bountiful provisions, not only from the word, but food. And a day to share these things with others. It was a day of rejoicing. Years ago, a man used to drop money onto the street on purpose. A friend asked him why he did that. He said, someone is sure to find this money and be happy for the rest of the day. Listen, if you'll let God do a work in your life today, you'll not only be happy for the rest of the day, but for the rest of eternity. If you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and come forward and share that with a pastor, or let him pray with you or whatever, to receive Christ, listen, you will be happy for the rest of eternity. If you don't believe that, give your life today to Christ and ask me a hundred years from now if you're glad you did. <laughs> I promise you, if you'll listen to the Bible and receive what God has for you, you will not regret it. God has something sweet for us today. There's nothing sweeter than the gift of salvation and eternal life. 
Nothing sweeter than that. Nothing sweeter than having a church home where you can have a team and have a family and a support group. There's nothing sweeter than being able to follow your Lord in believer's baptism. These are sweet things. Well, to sum it all up, a fellow told a friend of his he had taken a speed reading course. Did you ever take one of those in school, a speed reading course? I did. I took one anyway. He said as a result of taking his speed reading course, he told his friend he was able to read the book War and Peace in just 20 minutes. His friend said, War and Peace? That's a big, thick book. You read that in 20 minutes? What was it about? The fellow who took the speed reading course said, I think it had something to do with Russia. <laughs> I hope that's not how you listen to the Bible. When, you, when you're through, you don't have know what you've heard or read. Friend, we're to listen these ways that we've just seen here in the Scriptures. We're to listen with readiness. We're to be ready to pay attention to what God is trying to say to us. We're to listen with respect. We're to respect what we're hearing is coming from God. We're to listen with reaction. We're to do something about it. And that's why we have the invitation. We're to listen with recognition. We're to understand it. Again, we're to listen with reaction. We're to to move when the invitation is extended and go forward. I promise you, if you'll listen these ways, you will go out of here rejoicing. You will go out of here rejoicing. That's right. Hey, does this this make sense today? You got it? Well, if you've got it, I'm through. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. How many today would say, Phil, there's been a time in my life in the past when I did receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. It could have been in a church. It could have been at home. It could have been anywhere. Maybe some youth rally. Maybe some private spot outdoors. But you'd say, Phil, there's been a time in my life When I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I meant it then and I still mean it, would you lift your hand up and put it back down as a testimony of gratitude? All right. Now do not lift your hands anymore. I'm not going to ask you to raise any more hands, but I want you to listen to me. Have you been baptized since you made that response to the Lord to ask Him to come in and save you from your sins? Have you been baptized? If not, would you come forward today and say, Pastor, I need to be Let's set an appointment. And He will work with you to set an appointment for your baptism. A time that's convenient for you and maybe to get some family and friends to come to celebrate it with you. Maybe you raise your hand and you have received Christ and you have been baptized, but it was not here. And you now attend this church, but you've never come forward to join the church, to get on the team, to be a team player. Maybe today you just need to come and say, Pastor, whatever is involved, I want to be on the team. I want, to be on, I want to be on the team. I want to have this church. It's my new family, my new support group, my new team. What a great decision that would be to make today. I'm going to ask you to come. Maybe today you've done all of that and you just need to renew your devotion to the Lord as a Christian. I'm going to ask you to come and just let the pastor pray with you to renew your devotion. Maybe you just want to come and say, Pastor, I want all six of these things to be more true in my life as I listen to the Bible. Again, for some of you who've done all of that and believe in prayer, let's have some altar prayer for the invitation. Pray for people here and even people not here who need to make a decision for Christ. And while you're down here, lift up a prayer for America. But if you could not lift your hand a moment ago, I have some good news for you. You can receive Christ today. I would like to do for you what someone did for me. I would like to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ. Now don't pray this prayer to me. I am not the Savior. Don't just parrot these words. 
You make these your words and you mean this prayer with all your heart because if you don't, it won't work. On a Saturday, someone prayed with me to receive Christ. They led me in a prayer. I'm telling you, I meant those words more than I had ever meant anything I had ever said to anybody. I was dead serious when I said those words of prayer to the Lord to save me. My life has changed as a result. I went forward and made it public later in the church and got baptized. And I meant it then and I still mean it. So if you could not lift your hand and you would like to receive Christ, or maybe just settle it, you're not sure, just settle it. Whisper this prayer to the Lord, but again, make it your prayer and you mean it with all your heart. Say these words, dear Jesus. That's right, just say it to the Lord in your heart. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I trust you to save me right now. I give you my life. Now give me your gift of salvation. I want you to be my boss from now on. I mean this prayer with all my heart. Now also give me the courage to go tell the pastor what I have just prayed. Did you pray that prayer with me and mean it? If you did, God meant it. And that's the greatest prayer you have ever prayed in your whole life. It is so wonderful, we want to know about it so we can rejoice with you. In fact, the Bible tells us when we pray a prayer like that, we're to tell somebody right away. We're not to be ashamed of it. Jesus was not ashamed to walk to that cross outdoors in front of everybody to die for your sins. Don't you be ashamed to walk up here to this pastor to tell him you prayed that prayer with me to receive Christ. Maybe you're saying, well, Phil, I think I've done that, but I'm not sure. You come and let us talk to you about it and help you get sure. We'll take all the time we need to, all the time you want us to take with you to help you get sure. We're in no hurry to go anywhere to do anything. We've got time for you. Christian, you lead the way, making your response. There may be somebody near you who needs to be saved, or they just prayed that prayer with you, or, well, I mean, with me, or maybe they're struggling. You lead the way to make your response, to come and join the church, or to request an appointment for baptism, or renew your devotion to the Lord, or to pray. You step out first and lead the way. And by the way, if anybody's in the middle of a pew, the people on either side of you will be more than happy to let you slip past them so you can make your way to the altar. They'll be so glad to let you slip past them. So let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's have a word of prayer. The Lord is going to be here. The pastor is going to be here. You be here. You determine you're going to step out. Father, we thank you that we can have now this time to respond to your word. And Lord, I pray that we will all show that we have listened properly to what we've heard today by the response we make. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, again, you come. Grab that one next to you and say, go with me. They'll be glad to. Come on as we sing.